Welcome to this new life podcast. It is our desire that you learn all of the benefits of the abundant life that you have in Jesus Christ, so you can live your life to its fullest. Listen and be encouraged. I love the presence of God. How many of you love the presence of God? I love it. I, I believe that the fire of the presence of God will just swept through this place today. I want times where we are comfortable with abandon, you know? So many times we're so concerned about what people will say and what people will do and, ooh, you know what? Um, expressions of worship, and of course, obviously, there's no forced expression of worship, but sometimes an overflow of worship, you kneel down, you stretch forth your hands, you fall, you know, prostrate on the floor like Eric did last week with with Nash, and there's many different forms of worship, but I love, I love allow, allowing God to move. I, I love just the abandon of worship, and I, I pray that in this house, New Life Maine, that we would be comfortable with abandon. We would be comfortable to let everything out there, because it's all for God anyway. We're not performing. It's not a performance for men to see, but this is for God, you know? And um, I really believe that during times like that, God is doing a work in our hearts. God is doing an amazing work, you know, while we give him time to do that. So I just wanted time to do that. And I believe that God spoke to hearts today. Amen? Amen. And uh, we're going to talk again along the lines of intimacy. So, Father, I just thank you that there will not just be revelation, but there will be demonstration. There will be a demonstration of intimacy even in this place where we are all receivers. Father, I, I might be the messenger, but more than anything, I am a receiver of your word today. So have your way, Father, in this place. Have your way in the hearts of people. And I pray that the word goes forth and does exactly what it's supposed to do. Change hearts. Touch lives today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So we've been talking along the lines of intimacy, and the title of my message, you know, where, you know how we kind of like imitate those who go before you. So Pastor Nash had an amazing background, you know, done by her loving husband, Marco. So I did not ask Marco, and I did not ask Giselle to do it, but I kind of like, well, yes, you would like to take credit. But no, what I did was like, I immediately texted the, the, the team, and I said, the media team, and I said, okay, do you see that background? <laughs> I want that next week, all right? And so, how'd you like it? The intention of intimacy. So that's the title of my message. The intention of intimacy. Because how many of you know, arise is our watchword, amen? Arise is our watchword. This is the year of your rising. And I believe uh, Pastor Giselle gave us three things. But the first one that he gave us in terms of levels of arising is that we arise in greater, greater levels when it comes to our intimacy with God. All right? And so we, we've spent several weeks talking about this. I don't know. Maybe next week we'll continue well, whatever, however way the Holy Spirit leads. But we want to arise. And God, I believe that this is God's will that we arise to a higher level of intimacy with Him. I mean, we've had times of amazing intimacy with God, yes. But how many of you know God, it, it, there's just so many facets to His nature and who He is, and I believe He wants us to dive deeper into intimacy with Him. Why? Because He wants to show us things. Amen. 
He wants to show us things. And so my question today, even as I preach this message, would be, where is your intimacy taking you? Where is your intimacy taking you? Because intimacy is not an end unto itself. There is a purpose to intimacy. There is a purpose why God is calling us to draw near to him. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 in the Amplified Bible. Uh, you know, I was text texting EJ uh, all my verses, and I realized I have so many verses. But you know what? It's good that it's ready there, and we'll just be led by the Spirit of God. But I want to start with 2 Corinthians 3.18 in the Amplified Bible. And it says, and we all, with unveiled face, remember what intimate, intimacy is? Face to face. It's a face-to-face -face encounter with God. And so here, and we all, with unveiled face, continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are progressively being transformed. Say transformed. Say progressively. That means there is a process that you go through in intimacy. All right? It says here uh, as progressively being transformed into his image. Whose image? His image from one degree of glory to even more glory, hallelujah, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So the intention of intimacy is that we are transformed, that we are transformed to be like Him progressively. I believe this side of heaven, we will never attain perfection. But I believe that we can get better and better in our walk with the Lord and in reflecting Jesus as we continue to spend time with Him. And so here it says that when we are face-to-face -face with God, I like a commentary, I was reading a commentary, and it says uh, this unveiled face means nothing is between you and God. That your face is shining with the brightness of His face. Woo! That's intimacy. That's face-to-face. -face. And what is the intention of that face-to-face -face encounter? Is that we are transformed into His image. That we become like Him. Romans 8.29 in the Amplified says, For those whom He foreknew, of whom He was aware and loved beforehand, He also destined from the beginning for ordaining them to be molded into the image of His Son, and share inwardly his likeness, that he might become the firstborn among many brethren. So this is the plan and the will of God, destined from the beginning, that we are to be molded into the image and likeness of Jesus. You know, Pastor Paul said this, Pastor Paul Chase said this many years ago, and it really stuck to my heart. And, and it was like every time, every time this Verse comes up, you know, uh, not the verse, but the thing that he said comes up. And he said this, our predestination is not to do things for God. Our predestination is to be like Jesus. And you know why that's so good? Because if you are like Jesus, you will do things for God. But our purpose in intimacy is to come out looking like Jesus. 
You know, Nash said last week, we become like the one we worship. We become like the one we spend the most time with. So that when we come out of that encounter, we look like Jesus, we talk like Jesus, we walk like him, we smell like him, we reflect him. That's the purpose of intimacy. The intention of intimacy is transformation. So we can be like him. You know, my daughter loves to bake. She bakes cakes and, and stuff like that. But how many of you know when you bake a cake, you, you, you get all these ingredients. You get the flour, you get the water, the sugar, whatever else, maybe the chocolate or whatever you want to put in there. Now, how many of you know you can't eat all of that in and of itself? I mean, flour is going to taste, ugh, you know, like just salt is, ugh. But what a good baker does is he takes all these ingredients and he mixes it all together, and he puts it inside an oven, right? An oven where there is heat. Now, when there is no heat in the oven, nothing's going to be happening to the cake. It's going to remain as is. But the baker will put all the ingredients, the flour, the sugar, the water, you know, the chocolate and whatever it is that needs to be put there, the butter, things that you will not eat in and of itself, but he'll mix it together, put it in an oven where there's heat. And that cake goes through a process so that it comes out to its intended end. And in that process, that cake is perfected, it is made complete, and it comes out to its intended end where we can enjoy it. But how does the cake come to its intended end? It needs heat. It needs fire. And if we are going to come into that place of intimacy with the Lord, we must come face to face, yes, with his light, but also with his fire, because it is fire that transforms us. No one here who has touched fire has ever come away not changed. You put your hand in the fire, something's going to happen to your hand. There's no way around it. And what we want when we rise into greater levels of intimacy with God is that we want to surrender to him. I love that song, is that we surrender to the fire. Our lives is a sacrifice. And what he wants to do is he wants to take every single moment of your life, like I said earlier, the good, the bad, the ugly, all those ingredients. And he wants us to come to him face to face with everything that we have, not hiding anything. Why? Because it is in that that the fire burns off that which we do not need, that which would hinder us, that which, was caught, which would cause us to walk not in victory in the world. And that fire burns it off. And we come out looking like Jesus. And so we must surrender to the fire. We must surrender because our intended end in intimacy is transformation. You know, King David, all throughout the Bible, he was referred to as a man after God's own heart. But he wasn't referred to as a man after God's own heart because he was perfect. If you read the Bible, you can see so many mistakes that David did. And yet he was called a man after God's own heart. You know why? Because David constantly submitted himself to God. David constantly brought himself to a place where he repeatedly invited the Lord to search his heart. That's who David was. Every time like he fell, every time he made a mistake, he ran back to God and he said, you know, I, I love Psalm 139. Psalm 139 verse 23 to 24 says this, search me, O God, and know my heart. 
Try me and know my anxiety. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This was David's heart, and that's why he was called a man after God's own heart, because he was not afraid to come face to face with God and say, look, look, this is everything I've done, but search me, know me, I submit to your fire. And God called him a man after his own heart, because he was not afraid to submit to the fire of intimacy with God. And David was a New Testament worshiper during the Old Testament. That's who he was. He wasn't afraid to go into the presence of God. And so if we are to arise in higher levels of intimacy with God, that will mean a deeper level of surrender. A higher level of intimacy means a deeper level of surrender. The height you go in your intimacy with God is determined by your level of surrender. How near to God are you going to come into during your time of intimacy. You know, you can get a, as much of God as you want, but it's really up to you. The deeper your surrender, the higher your intimacy. Hebrews 12, 29 says this, for our God is a consuming fire. And if you read Hebrews 12, the context of that verse, God is a consuming fire is what's talking about things that will be shaken. Things that will be shaken, that are shaken, will fall. It will be shaken. But things that won't be shaken, will remain. And so when we go through the fire in our intimacy with God, what is shaking, what will shake us, is the one that's going to fall off. God is a consuming fire. Look at Malachi 3, 2-3 in the Old Testament. Malachi 3, 2-3. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver. Why? That they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. The reason for the refining, the reason for the purification is so, so that they may offer to the Lord an offering of righteousness. But isn't that our intended end? I mean, this is a verse from the Old Testament. But remember, we are the sacrifice, right? The cost of worship, as Nash was saying, the cost of worship is your life. And so in intimacy, we come to God as a sacrifice. Why? Because when we submit ourselves, like Malachi was saying, to the refiner's fire, he purifies us so that our lives are to be an offering of righteousness to the Lord. That's what intimacy is all about. And again, the fire of God is a safe place. We are not to fear the fire of God. In the New Testament, the fire of God is not the fire of his anger. It is not the fire of his wrath. The fire of its wrath and anger has already poured out, was already poured out on the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. On the cross of Calvary, he took upon himself our sin, our sickness, our shame. He paid the penalty. Fire, fire was put upon that sacrifice at that cross so that now we are judged righteous. So the fire, the purifying fire of God is New Testament. It is not the fire of the wrath and anger of God. So don't come into the presence of God fearing his anger. No, come welcoming his refining. Come welcoming his purifying. It is a transforming fire. 
Hallelujah. Again, the cost of worship is your life. See, that's why I love the takeaway culture here. <laughs> you know, like notebooks, writing. I see all the pastors, they're writing in their notebooks. You're writing on your iPads and your phones. You know what? It's so good because I was writing notes upon notes from last week's message. And really, it was very foundational for this message. The cost of worship is your life. You become the offering. Why? Because if we want fire, fire always falls on sacrifice. No sacrifice, no fire. But guess what? When we come with a heart that is saying, here I am, God, purify me, then you become the offering and the fire of God comes and falls. That's why David said, I am not going to give anything to God that does not cost me anything. Whew. That was in worship. I mean, people are, you know, uh, uh, that, that threshing floor of Arauna, right? All right, Pastor Edwin, it was that threshing floor. Of Arana, and he wanted to worship God. And the owner was like, I'll give you everything you need. I mean, that's a good deal, right? I mean, you know, I'll give you the sack. I'll give you the, 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 the ox. I'll give you everything that you need. But you, you get to worship anyway, right? I mean, I still get to worship. Yeah, sure, give me the cow. Give me the firewood. I, I still get to worship. But David was said, no, no, no. Because for me, worship is not superficial. Worship is not just this outward action that I do. Worship comes from the heart, and he said, I will not give anything to God that does not cost me anything. So when we come to God in our intimacy, it actually does cost us something. It costs us to surrender that which we may be comfortable with. It costs us to surrender mindsets that, you know, we've lived for so long with that are actually a hindrance to us. And your flesh takes you know, your flesh takes a beating, actually, in intimacy. But you know what? Your spirit is refreshed. That's why we always say, you know, when you want to do things for God, you're like, oh, I really want to do that. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Right? We always say that. Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Well, you know what? In intimacy, we put our flesh down. We are the sacrifice. Amen. Hallelujah. So don't limit your intimate time with the Lord. Don't limit your intimate time with the Lord. It's like the cake. The cake doesn't come out the same way it came. The cake's transformed, and it gets to be eaten. The cake, because it went through heat, is now walking out its, in, its intended purpose, to be eaten. <laughs> or else, you know, the cake is useless without heat. And so it is with our lives. We want our lives to be used by God, to be a blessing to many. Amen. You know, like our purpose is to know him and to make him known. It's not just to know him. To know him is wonderful. It's great. But there is an outflow to knowing him. You read the Apostle Paul. It was like, yes, to know him. But his life was always an overflow of knowing him. So it is to know him and make him known. So again, don't limit your intimate time with the Lord. He is light, but he is also fire. God is light. That's what 1 John 1, 5 says. He is light, and in him there is no darkness. So we can come into intimacy with God. We can come there, and we can enjoy the light. We're like, oh, it's the light of God. And it's amazing, and it's wonderful. But you know what? Light can also be seen from a distance. You can see light from a distance, like, hey, light. And sometimes if we are not careful, we will tend to have a long-distance relationship with God. Oh, I see the light. Oh, yes, I see the light of God. I'm an in, I see the light of God. And that's good. I'm not saying don't, you know, enjoy the light of God. But we just don't need light in intimacy. We also need fire. You know why? Because fire can only be felt in proximity. Light, you can see from afar. 
Fire, if you really want to experience fire, you have to come close. And that's what God wants. We need light and we need fire in intimacy. We need the light of God to illuminate us. We need the light of God to show us things. But we also need the fire of God so we are transformed in intimacy. Amen? So you know what? I would encourage you, don't let your relationship with God be from a distance. Because, you know, long-distance relationships, they never really last. Well, some do. It is inevitable. It's inevitable. Is this for real? Anyway, those of you who know that. But anyway... But you know what? I mean, would you rather have a long-distance relationship or a face-to-face -face one? Face-to-face, -face, for sure. You know, but if there are some of you that you have long-distance relationships and it's working for you, that's fine. But I pray that that is temporary because you will never be fruitful with a relationship that's long-distance. Fruitfulness only comes when there's proximity, when there's intimacy. And God is glorified when we bear much fruit. Amen. So press into his presence in intimacy. Lean into his presence. We always say that. What does that mean? Don't be far off. Lean in. Press into his presence. Be like John. Remember in the Last Supper? Be like John. Everybody, all the disciples on that table had a relationship with Jesus. But only John was seated under the bosom of Jesus. He chose to be in close proximity with Jesus. And therefore, he heard everything that Jesus said. Peter had to go, uh, uh, can, can, can you, uh, John, can you ask Jesus? Because, you know, he wasn't that close. So you can have a relationship from a distance, but we don't want that with God. We want a face-to-face -face relationship with him. You become like the one you are closest to. No distance, face-to-face. -face. And I know Pastor Giselle and I look alike already. Sometimes we're like brother and sister and you know, and like, you no. But if you, if you say so, I would be the prettier sister. So, refiner's fire, so we look like Jesus. Do you know a goldsmith, when you talk about refiner's fire, you, you think about gold, right? But a goldsmith, when a goldsmith starts purifying gold, the only time he will stop, like he's purifying, what happens again, heat, fire is needed. Why? Because the fire takes away the impurities of the gold. Fire takes away the dross of the silver, right? And the goldsmith will only stop when he can see his reflection in the gold. It's like, all right. Because you know what? The gold is muddied. If it's muddy, then you know what? You can't see your reflection. And so the fire keeps on going. Fire keeps on going. And then all of a sudden, when it's clear and you can see the face of the goldsmith, the goldsmith will say, that gold is pure. And you know what? The fire, the intimacy with the Lord is so that when people see us, they see Jesus clearly in us. So we reflect Jesus clearly to the world. An encounter with the forgiver empowers us to forgive. An encounter with the giver empowers us to be generous. An encounter with love empowers us to love beyond offense and hate. You cannot come into contact with God and not get out with this nature being reflected in you. But you need to allow the fire of God to do its work in you. Amen? You know, like we love intimacy times with, with the Lord, right? We love it when the Lord says, I love you. You are my son. You are my daughter. You are valuable. And he will say that all the time. He will keep reminding us. But along with that will come instructions. So how many of you here, and uh, I think I've already said this, 
so many different people in terms of like marriage counseling, and I'm an open book about it. I really, but I'm better now. I am better now, so that is a disclaimer. But I really have a hard time saying sorry to my husband. I don't know. It's like, you know, I have to be always right, which I am not. And it's not about who's right. It's about what is right. But um, I remember one time, like, we had this intense discussion, argument. Okay. So, <laughs> we're trying to, no. So, we, we, we had an intense fight, you know, a quarrel and all that. So, you know what? After that, like, you feel guilty. And the first person you run to is God. It's like, you know, God is going to accept me for who I am. And God, I'm just going to receive his love. And I'm in the presence of God. Oh, yes, God. Oh, yes, I am forgiven. Yes, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Yes, even I fall, I am still righteous. And you still love me, right? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so I love that in a time of presence with God. And then comes here. So you're really sorry. Yes, God. I, I am truly sorry. That is not who I am. I, no. All right. If you're truly sorry, say sorry to your husband. Hello? I'm sorry, God, interference? <laughs> right? I mean, we love that time. We love the light. Then here comes the fire. <sighs> and so now you are the sacrifice. So you put down your flesh and you go, why? Because that's intimacy. Because if you're going to go out there and nothing has changed, what was that for? So you go out to God. Oh, my gosh, he's loving this. Honey, I'm sorry. You know, and, and it's okay kung, you know, galing sa ilong konte, but, you know, it's like the first step. Amen. So that's what happens in intimacy, light and fire. So you're transformed. So when you go out there, you reflect Jesus so people can see that you're different. Remember, 2021 will be a year of contrasts. It will be a year of contrasts. And the people of God and the sons and daughters of God are going to rise up and people are going to start recognizing you. And they're going to see Jesus in you. And when they see Jesus in you, that you will attract them to the Lord. They will be attracted by your life. That's the point, that they will be attracted by your life. And they will say, what is this? And you point them to Jesus. That's why there's intimacy and transformation. Amen. It is in us and through us. It is receiving. It is reflecting. What you receive in intimacy, you reflect through lifestyle. Cannot be just one way. What you receive in intimacy, you reflect through lifestyle. It is an encounter to a process so that the revelation you receive becomes truth in your life. The process, the experience, see, knowledge and experience are two sides of the same coin. But you must have both knowledge and experience. Look at Ephesians 3.19 in the Amplified Bible. Ephesians 3.19 says that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. See, this is what the Bible is saying. Knowledge puffs up. Love edifies. And so it says here, it far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. If we, if we want the richest measure, if we want the fullness of God, it has to be knowledge and experience. 
Because revelation is not just about disclosure, that God shows you something. Pastor Giselle said this, revelation has feet. It takes you somewhere. So it's not just about disclosure. All revelation must lead to an experience. All revelation must lead to an outflow, a manifestation. Or guess what? We are just going to be puffed up. We are not going to be changed if it's only about knowledge. Experience cements the word that you receive in revelation. Experience does that. Like if you get a revelation of forgiveness, what will cement that in your heart is if you walk it out. Right? If you walk it out, then that becomes reality or else it's just head knowledge. Uh, that's why I like, like when we write notes, I've been so used to just typing out notes. But when I write notes, it causes me to remember. There's an action to it. I'm not just listening to the message, you know. I'm doing something and the writing actually cements something. So when you walk out what you receive in intimacy, it cements it and it becomes a lifestyle and not just an event. Pastor Giselle said this, your intimacy is not a one-time event. Your intimacy is a lifestyle, and it can only become a lifestyle if we express and we walk out what we receive in intimacy. Amen. Look at Philippians 1, 9-11 in the Amplified Bible. Philippians 1, 9-11. And this I pray, that your love may abound more and more, displaying itself in greater depth in real knowledge, and in practical insight. Revelation experience, so that you may learn to recognize and treasure what is excellent, identifying the best, distinguishing moral differences, that you may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, actually living lives that lead others away from sin. This is fruitfulness. And then it says here, Filled with the fruit. Say fruit. We must have fruit. And people say, oh, pastor, don't say must. I need. That's such a lowish term. Are you kidding me? There are musts in life. There are needs in life. I must pursue intimacy. That's not a legalistic term. That's a response term. When I say I must seek Jesus in intimacy, I'm not seeking him for union. I'm already one with Jesus. I'm seeking him for intimacy. I'm seeking, I must pursue intimacy with my husband or else we'll just have a long-distance relationship. Don't be afraid of the, I must do this, I need to do this. The must is for our flesh because our flesh just wants to do anything it wants. Right? You know, you know grace is for our hearts. You know, Pastor David Hestival said this is so good. The grace of God is not so that we can Feel good when we sin. Hello? That's not what the grace of God is. Let us not cheapen the grace of God. Let us not call what is holy common. The grace of God is a holy thing. It is not a license to sin. It is not an excuse to sin. The grace of God is not for our flesh to feel good. Discipline is for the flesh. The grace of God is for our hearts. Why? So that when you're corrected, when you are rebuked, you do not feel condemned because the grace of God is speaking to your hearts. That's what the grace of God is for. But our flesh, it does need discipline. I mean, you want a good physique, you need to discipline your flesh to go to the gym. 
Amen, 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 amen. Right? That, that's what it's for. But the grace has two, there's two parts to grace. One is access, one is empowerment. One is access into his presence. Access to his grace and favor and forgiveness. Access. We, you know what? God paid for it all. That's why Jesus paid for it all on the cross of Calvary. That's why we have access to the blessings. That the, that's the grace of God. But the grace of God is also empowerment. Empowerment to do what we need to do, what we must do. Right? We are the bride of Christ. Yes, that's intimacy. But we are also the army of the Lord. That's our assignment. The bride is for Jesus. And oh, but the army is for the world. That's our assignment. And you know what? If you're in an army like a good soldier, a good soldier disciplines himself. Why? Because if your flesh is disciplined, you can respond easily to God. It is easier to respond to God when your flesh is disciplined. There's not much of the struggle. I'm not going to say there's never ever going to be one. But when your flesh is disciplined, it is easier to respond to God. Amen. Hallelujah. And so it says here, we are filled, Philippians 1, 9 verse 11, filled with the fruit of righteousness, which comes through Jesus Christ. Another translation says, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. All right? So fruit of righteousness, which comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God, so that His glory may be both revealed and recognized. Revealed to us, recognized through us. That's intimacy. And so in intimacy, we surrender to the fire that transforms us, us. Amen? Because again, we are the bride, hallelujah, but we are also the army of the Lord. And as an army of the Lord, we cannot afford to have the enemy have advantage over us. Can't afford that. In the army, we must always have higher ground. Higher ground is the, is, is the position of victory, amen? Higher ground. But see, if the devil has something in us, then that means he has something against you that he's going to use. We cannot take ground from the enemy if he has ground in us. That's why in intimacy, purify me, God. So when I go out as a soldier, as an army, to do what God has called me to do, the enemy's voice, when he speaks, I can always say, nope, I've submitted that in intimacy to the Lord. You cannot use that against me. Look at four, John 14, 30 to 31. Okay, I have time. In the Amplified Bible, I will not speak. This is Jesus speaking. Look at this. I will not speak with you much longer for the ruler of the world, Satan, is coming, and he has no claim on me, no power over me, nor anything that he can use against me. But so that the world may know without any doubt that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father has commanded me and act in full agreement with him. Get up and let us go from here. 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 Some of you are stuck in a place. Get up and go from there. You are not stuck. In intimacy, get that which is causing you to be stuck. Get it burned down by the fire of God. And get up and let us go from here. Get up and let us go from here. This is a word for some of you. This is time for the church to get up 
And let us go from this place. Let us arise and go from this place, from a time of intimacy as the bride of Christ. Let us get up and go forth as the army of the Lord, taking ground for him. Amen. And the devil has nothing against us. When we surrender to the fire of God, when we come to him without hiding anything, he knows everything anyway. He knows all our secrets, and yet he still loves us. So we have to allow the word of God. We have to allow Jesus himself to speak to us in a time of intimacy. Don't just do the word. Allow the word to do a work in you. Allow God's word to do a work in you and obey. Oh, you know what obedience is? Obedience is nothing more than an expression of trust. Remember, worship, the foundation is trust. And obedience is nothing more than an expression of trust. Like when we obey, when we don't even understand why we are obeying, but we obey anyway. Why? We trust the one who gave the instruction. I love, uh, you know, the verse that was used last week. The king's word is law. No one can ask him, why are you doing this? It's law. But it says, this is Ecclesiastes 8, 4 to 5, 4 to 5. If you obey the king, you will stay out of trouble. If you come out of that place of intimacy and you do what God has told you to do, it says you will stay out of trouble. So be smart. Learn what to do and when to do it. The word of God. You have light. You have fire. Now the word of God, it's a sword. It's a sword, yes. It is an offensive weapon against the enemy, but it's a surgical tool in our lives where you allow the sword, the sword, the word of God, it's like a surgeon's knife to take away that's what should cause you disease. Disease. Disease in your bodies, in your minds, in your souls. Hallelujah. Let, let's go there for a while. I, I want to show you this. In Hebrews 12, in the Amplified Bible, we're talking about the fire of God. This is the intention of intimacy. You, you come into contact with so many things. You come into contact with the light of God and the fire of God, and now the sword. <laughs> sword of the Spirit. For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, soul, and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrow. This is intimacy. The deepest parts of our nature. Look, 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 look at what happens in intimacy. Exposing, sifting, analyzing, and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. We need to allow God to do that in our time of intimacy, like, you know, a surgeon's scalpel. And it's okay, that's, that, that knife is sharp, you know, it's sharp, it's a clean cut, it will heal well. You know, one time I had an operation to have a cyst taken out. The cyst was benign. And I, I told the doctor, well, if it's benign, why are you taking it out? And he said, well, I'm, I'm you know, it's benign, but the size is a little big, so we want to take it out. Why? Because if you take it out now, it will prevent any problems in the future while it's still small because he saw that it was a cyst that was growing so he said we'll take it out and you know what when we come to God sometimes he sees something that we're like really God I'm not really like that you know he said no let's deal with it now because you don't want it to be a problem in the future you don't want this to take you down in the future so while it's small it requires a small cut so the cut that was done on me was very small because it was small. Can you imagine if it was a big one? <sighs> Hallelujah. This is what happens in intimacy. Fire. 
light sword. Pastora, it feels like I'm dying. Let me say this. There is no resurrection without a death. I'll say that again. There is no resurrection without a death. When we die daily in intimacy, we get resurrected to become like Jesus more and more every day. But there has to be a death. Pick up your cross daily and follow me, right? When you plant a seed into the ground, unless that seed falls to the ground and dies, <laughs> it's not going to bear much fruit. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And sometimes in intimacy, there will be a death. There is a death to wrong mindsets. There's a death to attitudes. There's a death to things in our life that must be put down. There's a death to pride and arrogance and offense and unforgiveness. There is a death to all that in that place of intimacy. But we come out resurrected to look more like Jesus every day. Amen? Hallelujah. Father in heaven, I pray for each and every person here. According to your word, there is a working out of our salvation with fear and trembling. But your word also says, says that it is not in our own strength, but it is you, God, who is all the while effectually at work in us to will, to do according to your pleasure and delight. You give us the strength. You energize us. You create in us, God, the longing, the ability to fulfill your purpose in intimacy. So I pray that for each and every person in this place today, that from this time on, their time of intimacy would be at a higher level, where they surrender freely as an offering and a sacrifice to the light, the fire, the sword of God. I just thank you for that, Father. Hallelujah. That's our response. Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Let me end with this verse in Acts 4, verse 13. Acts 4, verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. I read this in a commentary and it said, then they began to understand the effect Jesus had on them simply by spending time with him. And what I pray for all of us here is that the intention of intimacy, which is transformation, when we go out into the world, that people will see, will know, will experience, and they will say they've spent time with Jesus that they have been with Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Maybe there are some of you um, who are listening online and maybe some of you here on site. When we talk about the fire of God, when we talk about the light of God, the first ever encounter that I ever had with that was when I received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's the beginning of intimacy. That's the beginning of transformation. And maybe you have never received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in your life. And I would like today 
to lead you into that. So for those of you online and maybe those of you who are on site right now, I would like to lead you in a prayer to receive Jesus, the one who loves you the most. So let's pray right now. Father in heaven, I thank you for loving me so much that you paid the price for my sin and shame, that you died at the cross of Calvary. You were buried, but you were resurrected so that I could be given new life. Jesus, thank you for the sacrifice that you made for me. I receive you now into my life as my Lord and my Savior. And from this day on, I say, I am a child of the Most High God. Thank you, Father, for your love for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that God's powerful word can bring a change in your situation and transform your life. So we encourage you to share this message to your family and friends so they too can know of the new life that God has for them. If you prayed to receive Jesus for the first time or was simply blessed by this message, we invite you to connect with us. Follow us on Facebook at newlife.ph, Instagram at newlife.ph, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, New Life Media PH. You can also email us at connect at newlife.ph. We will be so glad to hear from you. To support the ministry, please visit newlife.ph slash alabang slash give. Your generosity is greatly appreciated. God bless you.